Yes. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show. My name is Josh Norris. His name is Hayden Winks. We are continuing on with our positional rankings. We have completed quarterbacks, our top 30 today, top 24. And like I said at the top, Hayden, there might not be a more difficult position to nail and hit right. But when you do, man, oh, man, does it make your weekly scores and your weekly lineups feel a lot better. Everyone chases the tight end twos, and we'll come up with a couple of names here. Like you said, it was not an easy task. Like most of these, I was like, go through. I'd be like, oh, this guy might be kind of interesting. Spend five minutes of, of research and be like, it's not looking good. It's so true. I mean, just figuring out the tight end position. Last year, only two tight ends finished with over 150 points. That was five the year before, five the year before that. Hopefully, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of good talents at the position, so hopefully you get a bounce back overall in terms of scoring. So what we're going to do here, go through our rankings 1 to 24 at tight end. Uh, we'll throw in some strategy along the way because, again, these players aren't in clusters. They're kind of sprinkled around a little bit. So I'm going to give some context as we move along with these selections and who they're being drafted around at running back and at wide receiver. Fair, Hayden? Yep, I got one other thing. I think that tight end is a position that tape evaluations matter more than people give it credit for. And more importantly than that, it's team dynamics. What type of offenses are these these teams running? How do they use tight ends? Because we sit, we label tight ends as if all tight ends are created equal. No, we have inline guys. We have slot guys. We have H-backs. And it's kind of hard to break these molds. And what the previous research that I've done this offseason suggests is – it's super important what type of tight end uh, these players are. Are they in the slot? Do they stay in the block? Those two things are massive. And somebody like Irv Smith, uh, Anthony Ferks, or some of these guys that have a one unique role, they need to develop something beyond that to be top 10 uh, fantasy tight end. So that's the yep. thing that I paid more attention to this year than ever before is how do they fit into the, into the offense that they're actually running? If you are new here, Welcome. Like and subscribe below. Look, if you want to win in fantasy football this year, either in that one home league that you care most about, or maybe you enter 50 best ball leagues over an underdog, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you out and win in fantasy. We got tons of shows each week, Monday through Thursday. In fact, this weekend, we're doing a live stream watch along of preseason games. You can also take us on the road with you. Just subscribe on any podcast platform to the Underdog Football Show. And to help you win, Look what we have, a free draft guide for all of you. That's what we're going to go by today. Like we have positional rankings. We have a cheat sheet with one through the top 200. We have our ideal drafts. We have players we're targeting, players we're fading. It's all there right in the description down below. All right, here we go. There is no place to start, Hayden, other than Travis Kelsey, our tight end one, being drafted as the tight end one, sixth overall selection right now on underdog he has not missed a game due to injury since his rookie season back in 2013 travis kelsey is just about the easiest plug-and-play player at any position in fantasy football it's a layup last year in half ppr travis kelsey averaged 18.3 points next closest 13.7 darren waller so we always kind of group in darren waller and travis kelsey is darren waller the next travis kelsey yeah five points later he's not and then the tight end 12 Yep. Average 8.2 points. You be, Travis Kelsey was giving you basically 10 points per game 
over the baseline of the position. I came up with a stat this offseason called better and best ball points per game. And what that stat shows is it compares how many points a player was averaging above the baseline. And if you look at Travis Kelsey, he was seventh in best ball points per game. He's being drafted sixth overall. And like we said, there's basically nothing has changed about the, the the pecking order for the Chiefs. We should be expecting Travis Kelsey to remain dominant. The stat that you led off with was just so important. I know he's older, right. but Travis Kelsey feels like the guy that's going to age pretty gracefully. We can't predict random injuries, but the fact that he hasn't missed a game due to injury in seven, eight years, and he's so athletic, I think that he's going to be able to kind of age gracefully here. So I'm comfortable with him in the first round. Yeah, I don't have to sell you all anymore on Travis Kelsey, especially with my voice going right now, but I'm going to. I mean, he has a league high 126 receptions of at least 15 yards over the past three seasons. That's not just at tight end. It's at any position. That's more, you know, 15-plus yard receptions than Julio Jones, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. That is bananas. And you mentioned the difference and why Travis Kelsey is plugged in there right in the middle of round one. He scored 260 points in half-point PPR last season, 58 more than second place, 120 more points for the entire season than third place. I mean, that difference of 120 points is as good as the tight end nine in face football. You're basically getting two players the position for the price of one. So, Hayden, let's, let's sprinkle in some strategy talk here. Again, he's going after Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, ahead of Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Aaron Jones. Fair. I think I have him sixth overall. Fifth overall kind of depends on your uh, scoring settings here. Travis Kelsey is just so important to the Chiefs offense. Last year, who led the league in receiving yards against two high safety looks? It was Travis Kelsey. He had 719 yards. Second closest, 521. So there was a 200-yard gap against two high looks. And why is that important? Because defenses have learned you cannot play single high looks against Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. That is how you get 70-yard touchdowns all day long. So against zone coverage, against two high looks, and that's what every team's going to run against the Chiefs this year, that is what Travis Kelsey is so good at. He led the NFL in points earned per route run versus two high looks. All this information is courtesy of Sports Info Solutions. It's so bankable. Teams are basically saying, all right, enough already with the Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins 80-yard touchdowns. We'll live and die with the Travis Kelsey uh, nine-yard we'll games, and we'll take it. So I, I, I think he's a locked-in first-round pick, like no questions asked. Yeah, look, we're not pitching you on Travis Kelsey being the tight end one. We're pitching you as a middle first round pick. And I think we just made the case for that. Okay. Being drafted as the tight end two and our tight end two, it is Darren Waller, drafted 22nd overall right now around AJ Brown, Najee Harris, just before Justin Jefferson and CEH. He put up 13 and a half fancy points per contest compared to Travis Kelsey's 17.4 last season. Hayden, what I love about him is he is his team's number one pass catcher. I mean, 20% of the snaps in the slot last season, 24% of the snaps out wide, 54% in line. And what I love most, 27 red zone targets last season. That was five more than Travis Kelsey. And there's nothing to dissuade us from happening prior to this season based on the personnel for that to change. We might even see the Raiders – pass the ball a little bit more because maybe the Raiders could even be worse than they were 
last year because the offensive line and Darren Waller is, I think still possibly even getting better because he's like still so new to like being the focal point of an offense. And last year, that same better and best ball points per game stat I was just talking with Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller was 18th overall. So this is, he's being properly priced right now at the very end of the second round. I think that's totally normal. I'm with you. I think that Darren Waller, um, maybe not in his own tier, but close to his in his own tier over even George Kittle. The right. last two seasons, uh, Darren Waller has averaged 12.5 half PPR points. Kittle was down at 11.7. Waller ran five more routes per game compared to Kittle. And if you just look at fantasy usage, which converts uh, targets, how close you are to the sideline, how close you are to the end zone, he averaged 13 expected uh, half PPR points. The third closest was three points beneath that. So I think that he's actually in his own tier as number two, and then you can get into the George Kittles. There are two little concerns. The first one right now, he's missed almost double-digit consecutive practices with a super vague injury. I don't even know what it is. Right. I know what, now, what, what body part? I don't yeah, even know. No clue. Now, it is kind of middle of August, and we don't get started for kickoff until about a month from now, so it's not time to panic. But then also, and this is just a complete hypothetical, and whenever you're talking about hypotheticals as a negative, why should you? But there's a chance that the Raiders just take a step back. I mean, the offensive line gets worse. Derek Carr was eighth in PFF's passing grade last season, so there's a chance he takes a step back. But again, they didn't bring really anyone in to compete with the top target getter, and that's Darren Waller, and I think that's what we're drafting here at the end of round two. It's Darren Waller. How comfortable do you feel with him versus how comfortable do you feel picking – the next breakout tight end. And we'll we'll yeah. try to find a couple of them, but I'm not super confident in them. So I think I would rather just take Darren Waller in the beginning of the third round if I was lucky enough to do that and just not worry about the headache of the position. Number three, our third tight end, the public's third tight end, George Kittle, going 27th overall. You know, right around CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, that sweet spot of wide receivers that we love. To target so much Hayden as good as George Kittle is and arguably the most complete tight end in the NFL I still feel like there is untapped potential there for George Kittle in fantasy football I mean we have not seen an out of this world season where he averages like 16 or 17 points per game I mean even back to 2018 when he was awesome he had 136 targets 88 receptions but still he's never had a year of over five receiving touchdowns Guess what? Maybe a new quarterback in Trey Lance who unlocks this element inside the 20, inside of the 10, that Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't unlocks that ceiling for George Kittle as well, despite all the pass catching weapons around him. Yeah, I think it's two different conversations. George Kittle's ceiling is like obvious. I mean, he led the NFL in yards per route run among tight ends last year, including 4.7 yards per route run versus man coverage. I mean, that is absurd production. When we talk about like 2.0, Oh, yards per route run. That's insane. He was at 4.7 against man coverage, like clearly one of the best players in the entire NFL. The problem, of course, is just the volume. And that's like kind of where I'm a little bit skeptical here. Last year, the 49ers were 25th in pace or uh, 31st in pace, 25th in pass rate. And then the last couple seasons, they were 29th and 20th in pass attempts. And then in 2012 under Shanahan, when RG3 won the offensive rookie of the year, they were 31st in pass attempts. And when George Kittle was like trying to compete with with Travis Kelsey a couple years ago, those wide receivers like Kendrick Bourne, Pierre Garcon, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin. Now it's like Brandon Ayuk, who could be an absolute superstar, and Debo Samuel. So he just he's going to be super efficient. 
it's just he has to make up for the the difference in the volume, and I think that's why he deserves to be the number three and not the top two. Yeah, I will say in short time last season, in shortened season, he did leave the NFL in drops at the tight end position. So maybe if there's a little more efficiency there, and he still had 13 fantasy points per game, a start of like at the one-on-one of Christian McCaffrey, I don't know, Keenan Allen, maybe even A.J. Brown if he falls there, and George Kittle on the way back if Darren Waller doesn't fall there too, that's really enticing. And it kind of knocks down two, uh, excuse me, three really, really important positions, obviously. And you continue to hammer wide receiver from there. All right. Back to our rankings, which you can find in our draft guide listed down below in the description. Our tight end four, and easily now the public's tight end four, is rookie Kyle Pitts. He's going around 46 overall, which is, again, a drop of about 19 spots from the tight end three. That's around David Montgomery, Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, Adam Thielen. If Kyle Pitts is going to go anywhere, Hayden, boy, oh boy, do we love it to happen with Arthur Smith, who was the OC that used more multiple tight end sets than anyone in the NFL last season. We also love it. And I bring it up on every single show. Arthur Smith is an absolute wizard inside of the 20 yard line in the red zone where he's ranked first and second in each of the last two seasons. And Cal Pitts can be a go-to player along with Calvin Ridley in that area of the field for Matt Ryan immediately. So aside from just being the, probably the best tight end prospect in history, he's, he was in my model, just athleticism, length, production, draft capital, everything. Then the Falcons are missing 195 targets from last year. That's the sixth most in the NFL but the, the offensive structure, which is kind of really intriguing for me for Kyle Pitts and fantasy, is it's two tight end sets. And what's good about that is it's less target competition when the Falcons do drop back to pass. When it's 11 personnel, that means that you have three wide receivers out in the route. And 12 personnel, Hayden Hurst is going to be in there blocking for a lot of these. So it's less target competition. Plus, Kyle Pitts is going to be lined up in the slot out wide when he is detached from the the line of scrimmage he probably is going to be more of the h back where he's not going to be uh next to the left tackle and i have i've been trying to find practice reports of kyle pitts in an inline position every single video i've seen from training camp and i spent like 30 minutes looking through these he's always in the slot or out wide he's never in line and that's the production we're looking for so elite athlete elite production he basically played this role in college. Matt yeah. Ryan is still good at throwing the football. The offense is there. Like I, I want to be betting in. I know it's an offensive rookie. But I don't care. Yeah, in this offense, and Arthur Smith's going to tweak it, Jonu Smith had 19 red zone targets last season. And in Atlanta's offense, Calvin Ridley saw 26 red zone targets last season. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, how Arthur Smith already used tight ends in different ways. I mean, Anthony Ferkser saw 71% of the slot. 71% of his snaps in the slot last season, Johnny Smith about 53% in line. So putting these people in the right mismatches is, is something, even though we haven't seen a ton of rookie tight ends, like have incredible seasons. I'm not going to bet against Arthur Smith. What do you think about the area where Kyle Pitts is going? It's in a glut of wide receivers. I mentioned them, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Brain Ayuk, Adam Thielen. Does that feel like a good spot to take Kyle Pitts? Yeah, it's like the very beginning of the fifth round is where I would feel comfortable taking Kyle Pitts. Sometimes he goes in the fourth round, and if Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts beats you in the fourth round, and that would be really right. special. But I think somewhere around the fifth round makes a lot of sense. And going back to the Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith's a great player. He's like a yards after the catch guy. Like I was watching Kyle Pitts against oh, yeah. 
the SEC competition, press man on the outside, go win routes 15 yards downfield. Like that, you don't see that. Basically, it's like right now in, in the game that can do that, Travis Kelsey can do that, Darren Waller can do that, and George Kittle can do that. That that might be the entire list. Just press coverage on the outside. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be that guy. Kyle Pitts might compete with Travis Kelsey for those 15 plus yard catches moving forward because yeah. he did that a lot at Florida too. Okay, Kyle Pitts is on an island in terms of his ADP at 46 overall. The tight end five being drafted as it is Mark Andrews, and he's also our tight end five here around 60 overall. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see an absolute to-the-moon season with Mark Andrews. I mean, he had 10.5 fantasy points per game last year. Even when Lamar Jackson won MVP, he had just under 12 fantasy points per game. I'm wondering about the ceiling. But, hey, I also don't want to date the show but want to bring it up. With Rashad Bateman out until sometime in September, it could be the last week, could that potentially help Mark Andrews and cement him here as the tight end five? I'd expect Rashad Bateman to miss at least three weeks and possibly up to six weeks, depending on where he comes in. And that's why I moved Mark Andrews up a couple spots. And I think that he's closed the gap, in my opinion, to TJ Hawkinson, who for a while I had TJ Hawkinson way above Mark Andrews. But I think with Bateman's injury, he's closed the gap. I agree with you just because it's so run first. Mark Andrews is going to really struggle to ever break into that kill that Kittle uh, Darren Waller's here because he's just not going to get the receptions that those guys get. But I think that he is very safe just because he's always lining up in the slot. We've seen the touchdown production happen before. And I think that Lamar Jackson, more than any other team in the league, the Ravens throw the ball over the middle of the field. And that's a product of the offense, just the way that they run it. And that's where Mark Andrews obviously eats. So I think he's a very high floor, maybe not total high ceiling, but yeah. he's got the floor. Yeah, he ran 80 more routes last season. 59 of his 88 targets were also of the middle of the field. So he fits the strengths of his passer right now. And it's not just Rashad Bateman's missed time, too. Marquise Brown has missed time. So Andrews is is absolutely in line for another, you know, top five, top six, top seven season. Okay, you mentioned it. TJ Hawkinson is your fifth tight end. In fact, he's one of your must-have players that you can find in our draft grade. On a scale of 1 to 10, how angry are you with me that I tank his ranking all the way down to tight end 6 here for us? I mean, it's absolutely egregious. We're, I'm going to tell everyone just to mute. Like, if you got kids in the car, earmuffs when uh, when Josh starts talking about TJ Hawkinson. This is egregious. But the reason why I have a lot of optimism for Hawkinson, he's already the tight end 6 on tight end 6 fantasy usage. Last year, he was 5th in yards per route run versus man coverage. Uh, he's still growing as a player. Remember, he's a top 10 overall talent. We really like TJ Hawkinson coming out. It's taken a couple years to fully develop, but you're seeing progress being made. And obviously the biggest thing is just the Lions are missing so many targets. 360 targets from last year. That's most in the NFL, including 50% of their red zone production last year, also first. And I just think he fits Jared Goff. I posted this chart on Twitter, and it was just in clean pockets, and it had every quarterback in the league last year. Guess who was dead last in dot? It was Jared Goff. He threw the ball like 5.7 yards downfield in clean pockets. That's where T.J. Hawkinson is just going to go berserk. I think that he can finish in this like Darren Waller type mm. uh, uh, production just because of the volume. We already know the Lions are going to be trailing a lot. So I don't, I'm not expecting 10 touchdowns, but I'm expecting like 130 plus targets. I think he's just going to be the volume hog for a wide receiver group that basically doesn't even exist. Yeah, I've started to hear that pitch of why can't T.J. Hawkinson be Darren Waller. 
And I think there might be some substance there. I would just say that I don't believe he's going to get 27 red zone targets this year, but that's possible. And while you're using Jared Goff as a positive, I'm only using Jared Goff as a negative like ever when talking about the Lions and their skill position players. This is what I'm nervous about. I mean, I, I, I don't trust the Lions offense. I do not trust Jared Goff attached to Sean McVay, even with Anthony Lynn last year. And I think, by the way, TJ Hawkinson is an awesome talent. I mean, he's so good. And he could be taking that next step in his third season. But Hunter Henry got 93 targets with Anthony, Anthony Lynn last year, attached to Justin Herbert, who plays a different sport than Jared Goff at this time. And he only put in a tight end 12 season in fantasy points per game. So I have him at tight end eight, which again is much different than yours at tight end five. And this is going to be one where one of us is going to be right. And one of us is going to be wrong here. Yeah. I would just say with the, the Hunter Henry stuff, I think Hunter Henry is a good player. I think Hawkinson is just going to be better. And there's no Keenan Allen. There's no Austin Eckler to kind of work with. Like it's like literally just TJ Hawkinson. I, I read a report today that Tyrell Williams is the unquestioned number one receiver for the lions right now. Like, I mean, it's just going to be so many layups. It's just going to be like, second and eight and just here comes another six yard pickup for tj yeah. Hawkinson. and i it's just gonna it's just it's, it will happen it will 100 happen and what if he ran really lucky in touchdowns I'm, I'm hearing this more with hawkinson i'm actually hearing it with deandre swift and how many receptions he's going to get hey you know my bias i just have biases against bad teams you know and i just don't want to be spending these important picks in the third round in the fourth round in the sixth round on players that are just, I think, on unequivocally bad teams, you know? And that, that's what I'm nervous that we're getting here with the Lions. It's just opportunity and talent. I know that Hawkinson has both of those. So I think the golf stuff is priced in, and I'll just yeah. I'll, I'll play the upside game. Uh, before we move on, since this is a little bit of a tier break, go and check out our draft guide, which is down below. It's in the description. While you're down there, like and subscribe. Our only goal is to help you win in fantasy football this season. Make some money along the way we appreciate you out there for tuning in and check our other videos on the channel as well all right let's move on to our titan seven being drafted one spot later as the titan eight which will be a theme here until we get to one name there's a big drop off here hayden from 61st overall to tg hawkinson down to tyler higby who's at 101 overall now we're getting to names where i think people get comfortable taking tight ends because in this case you'd be taking Tyler Higby over A.J. Dillon, Ronald Jones, some quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts, Corey Davis at wide receiver. I mean, Tyler Higby has been a spiked week player at times. 23 points in week two last year. Then the final five games of 2019, Hayden, 17, 11, 11, 10, and 14 points. So there's a bit of consistency in his track record too. And guess what? We just talk crap. I did about Jared Goff. Tyler Higby gets a new quarterback. One that hopefully unlocks more elements of this passing game on a consistent basis in Matthew Stafford. So with Tyler Higby, he's always been a good athlete and a very efficient in terms of yards per route run and those type of things. Even last year, he was the tight end four out of 43 qualifiers in PPR points over expected. He was tight end nine in yards per route run, tight end eight in passer rating. What happened last year, which was an absolute stonewall just an absolute disaster for Tyler Higby was the volume change. He was 26 in routes per game. He ran a route at the second lowest rate on pass attempts, which means he was staying in the block, which was, I was absolutely stunned that that's what happened for him. 
And then the pace dropped. And that's where I'm optimistic this year is instead of being 12th in pace, like what the Rams were last year, I can see them jumping back up to number three, number two, number one, because of the quarterback upgrade and no Gerald Everett makes me more comfortable thinking that Tyler Higby is actually going to be running routes and running routes downfield. And we've already seen how efficient he can be. And there is a ceiling to chase. So I think that Tyler Higby is one of my favorite tight ends to draft at cost period. Yeah. He's not coming off the field and the training wheels are off. And so he, he is one that can, can take a next step. And I, I agree with you. I, I like this value, especially in the range of those other picks. Let's also couple in here. Our tight end eight, Noah Fant being drafted one spot later in tight end nine. Hayden, this is actually the player I think you and I have moved up our tight end rankings more than any other since the last time we did this about two months ago. Um, to me, I kind of feel like Cal Pitt's entry into the NFL has overshadowed just how much of a freak show Noah Fant is. And I understand there's a bunch of mouths to feed in this offense. Jerry Judy, Colton Sutton, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. But if I'm in this area of the draft, at least at this position, a onesie position, I want to take a risk. I'm wager to, to I'm willing to wager on a phenom like Noah Fant. And when you ask yourself, like, which of these tight ends at this time next year can be considered a top five player at his position, Noah Fant immediately springs to mind. I mean, Noah Fant could be thought of as like a top three tight end, especially a receiving tight end. Obviously, it's just the competition plus the quarterback. That's what's so concerning. I mean, the Broncos only have 62 available targets from last year. That's 25th in the NFL. And they, they're adding Cortland Sutton to that and adding Javante Williams and adding Jerry Judy in his second year and adding KJ Hamler to his second year. So there's a lot that has to go right for Noah Fant. But I am not going to question his upside here because he is just such a freak athlete. Like yards after the catch, high-pointing passes, he looks like a really awesome, awesome player. The one thing I'll be watching for in training camp in preseason games is he was third among tight ends in inline percentage. Could we get this guy in the slot? Could we like show off his like elite 99th percentile athleticism? Let this guy work outside a little bit, get out of here with the blocking stuff. Let this man run down the seam a little bit more. He's just too good at everything. He's too good at everything. Uh, Let's go to our tight end nine being drafted one spot later. That is Logan Thomas. You mentioned it at the start that what we are attracted to at this position when finding good values are players that are detached from the line of scrimmage, ones that are used in the slot. And we keep asking who the slot wide receiver is for Washington when you have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel on the outside. The answer, Logan Thomas, 19% in line. And on a show earlier today with beat writer for Washington, J.P. Finley, he kept hyping up Logan Thomas, who had seven touchdowns last season. Hayden, J.P. believes Logan Thomas can reach 10 touchdowns this year. I kind of believe it. I have Logan Thomas ranked ahead of Noah Fant, which I don't feel great about. But Logan Thomas led tight ends and routes run per game last year, and he was third in percentage of snaps into the slot. So he has all that going for him, and he was the tight end four overall in fantasy usage, which is that stat that converts the targets and red zone opportunities and all that stuff. And Logan Thomas quietly is an insane athlete, 88th percentile speed, 86th percentile short shuttle, 97th percentile hand size too. I mean, this guy does have a like on-field just athletic ceiling, and he has the role we're looking for. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick is as good 
as what I think he can be. I think that Logan Thomas has more of a ceiling than people are giving credit for. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua helped Mike Kosicki, who's in a very similar model player, who's a slot wide receiver basically, be the tight end eight in fantasy points per game. So that's right in line where we're ranking Logan Thomas this season. Um, another player at this position who's moved up quite a bit recently, and it's because of the news of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think he's jumped up all the way from like tight end 15 up to now tight end 11. That's Robert Tunyon. Unreal efficiency last year for the Packers tight end. 11 touchdowns on 52 catches. That means every fifth catch he was in the end zone. So we're going to you know, see different touchdown numbers from him, most likely. Hayden, but I also expect him now cemented as the go-to tight end go-to player just to get more volume in general. So maybe that, you know, cancels it out. My expected receiving touchdowns model thought that Robert Tunyon should have scored 4.4 touchdowns. He scored 11. So 6.6 more touchdowns than expected. This is what they teach me in my economics classes, a little regression for Robert Tunyon. But even with that, if the Packers don't score as many touchdowns, that means they're probably gonna have to pass the ball a little bit more than they did last year when they were just beating teams by two touchdowns. So I think that Robert Tunyon deserves to be somewhere in this like low end tight end one. We can't expect the, the touchdown numbers to be that sticky, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ran some more routes this year, if he uh, added like five to 10 more receptions, just because the Packers probably aren't going to be winning by like 14 points every week, like they did last year. So the last one in this tier, who's actually going as a tight end seven we have him all the way down at tight end 11. It's Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. This has been a bit of an adjustment for me over the weeks, Hayden, because one, I love, love Dallas Goddard's skill set. Like if he was attached to Matthew Stafford, if he was attached to Patrick Mahomes, I think we could consider Dallas Goddard like a top five talent at the position, but he's not. He's attached to Jalen Hurts, potentially Joe Flacco, for a little bit with Zach Ertz still on the roster too. Um, I just can't get there ranking him above a lot of the names that are selected right now. And he's going ahead of all of them in the top 100 right now. Hayden. I think it's like kind of fancy boy talk to say that Dallas Goddard is like, I think that people like to say he's a top five guy and then he's like probably just like the 10th best. Tight are you saying I haven't done the work here? Yes. I'm calling you out. No, I, I, <laughs> It, it is it is the it is just like the opportunity for Dallas Goddard and the on off splits with Zach Ertz and without Zach Ertz in the lineup are drastic. It's like two points difference, and we just heard the GM say that uh, Zach Ertz ex- is expected to stay. So we'll see. So defend yourself with the, the Dallas Goddard is actually a top five guy. I, I've seen glimpses, but I don't know. They keep keeping uh, Zach Ertz around. It's kind of giving me a little pause. I mean, luckily, I just covered my bases, saying he could be a top five, top seven talent, and then raking him all the way down at at tight end eleven. Bases covered. Um, take a quick break here, just for a moment. Again, just to reset. By the way, while preseason action is going on throughout this month of August, Underdog Fantasy has you covered with preseason pick'em. Skip the guacamole at Chipotle. Put it into the app. Use promo code the show, and we give you a free twenty five dollars. And check out. Best Ball Mania 2 to win a million dollars playing fantasy football, a $3.5 million prize pool, and whatever else. It's the best way to prepare for your season-long league is to try out Best Ball Drafts over on Underdog. It's on your app, and it's on the desktop. Okay, next up for us, back-to-back, tight end 12, tight end 13, 
It is both New England Patriots tight ends. And we are well ahead of consensus on these guys. Hayden, tight end 17 is where John Smith is being drafted. Tight end 20 for Hunter Henry. Why? Well, I think going back to the early part of this show, just talking about how players are going to be used and how important that is, I think that there's no bigger example than what's going to go on in New England here. Obviously, they're going to use 12 personnel, but which role is each going to go into? Hunter Henry, I would expect, is going to be in the Gronk role, which means he's going to be in line more. It means he's probably a little more likely to play in 11 personnel because he's probably the better blocker between the two. But it also means that he's going to have the higher A dot because he's going to be the guy down the seam that is going to be catching some passes. I think that Hunter Henry projects better in the red zone as well. And that's why I I have him one spot ahead of Jonu Smith, who is a very explosive player, has more athletic traits than Hunter Henry does. But he's going to be the H back. And he's going to be catching passes in the flats more, in screens. I think the Patriots are going to give him some carries even. And I think that he's going to have to work for his production more than Hunter Henry, who I think is just going to be from 12 yards out down the seam, touchdown Hunter Henry. And Johnny Smith's going to have to do this with receptions. And I just think that they one of them I think is going to do pretty good here. So I just moved both of them up and just rolled the dice. And if one of them got hurt, we're talking like I think for sure one of them would be a, a fantasy tight end one. The Patriots have a massive investment in, in both these players. So I think we need to follow the money a little bit and not fade this position in general, especially if Mac Jones is the starter. I think that could really help our case here. And, it, 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 you know, the offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels has a history of, of making tight ends productive, and he hasn't had talents like this since that time. Okay, our tight end 14, let's go quickly. Adam Troutman also being drafted as tight end 14, a very buzzworthy name here at the moment. I think that might have fallen off a little bit with the injury of Michael Thomas, maybe Taysom Hill starting. I would also suggest, and you brought this up, that Adam Troutman is probably going to play in line more than we want him to because Jared Cook last year was the one who played in the slot. Can I change my answer here? I mean, I've done more research, and I think I want to take back my anti-Adam Troutman talk. I looked. Nick Vanette led the NFL in in-line percentage last year, and they signed him to a three-year, $8 million contract this offseason I think that they didn't play Adam Troutman that much last year because they kind of envisioned him possibly not in the Jared Cook role because Jared Cook, I think, was offers way more explosiveness down the field. But I do think that Adam Troutman is actually going to play in the slot a little bit more. And I think he has the fluidity. And when I watched Troutman, he didn't play that much. But when he did get out there, he is definitely pretty bendy in the hip. So I can see him actually running more routes than I was anticipating. I think that the Nick Vanette stuff is actually good news for Adam Troutman because Vanette is purely an inline guy. Um, and we'll, we'll see. I don't know about the, the quarterback play. I don't even know if Troutman's like really good at the game. But just because Jared Cook had this fantasy-friendly role, I think now I'm willing to roll the dice on Adam Troutman because the rest of this list, like we're, we're throwing darts. I would at least try with Adam Troutman, who they invested a lot in. Our tight end 15, who's actually being drafted as tight end 12, Irv Smith Jr., a former second-round pick out of Alabama by the Vikings, hasn't really been given a massive opportunity because Kyle Rudolph has existed on this team for a while. It seems like he now is going to have that opportunity, Hayden. I would say, though, we've talked about some phenoms at the position in terms of athleticism. Irv Smith just doesn't offer that same profile despite having that same role. 
The issue I have with Irv Smith is he is an H back. And the reason why I can pretty much guarantee that probably is going to stay the same for the most part is he was, uh, he led the NFL in, in routes run from 12 personnel, but he was 46th in routes run with one tight end on the field, which means that last year when it was 11 personnel, Irv Smith was not out there because they don't trust him to block enough. And I think that Tyler Conklin, who's much bigger and who's also a pretty good athlete in his own right, is going to play. And I think that Irv Smith will get more targets just because Kyle Rudolph is leaving. But I am not willing to call Irv Smith an every down tight end. And if he does have that H back role, is that fantasy friendly enough to be a top 12 guy? So I'm going to be a little bit lower than the market on Irv Smith. And I'll just keep drafting Justin Jefferson. We are in deep into the question marks area of this tight end position, but we know one of these guys is going to hit and maybe it could be Gerald Everett, who is the tight end 16 for us, the tight end 15, which has been a huge jump up for him over the last month or two. I remember times he was going as like tight end 21, tight end 22. I think people are starting to buy in to Jared Everett's connection with new play caller in Seattle, Shane Waldron, that he is a great athlete that, when Sean McVay drafted him, called him his next Jordan Reed. We have seen players hit on their second contracts and second teams at the tight end position. Hey, your confidence level that maybe it is Gerald Everett here. Yeah, I'm a little late to the party here too, but when you're attached to Russell Wilson and at least he, there's a theory out there that he can be the difference in all of the quick game stuff that the Seahawks are adding to their offense. And that could be a lot of Gerald Everett stuff. Gerald Everett was also 33rd in routes run last year with the Rams under the same offensive coordinator. So I don't think that Gerald Everett's some absolute baller, but if you're going to be rolling the dice, at least roll the dice with Russell Wilson as the quarterback. So I think he's fine here. I like him more in stacks, but if if someone's going to break through it and be the tight end nine this year, I can see it being Gerald Everett. Next up, Mike Gesicki, who, if you consider, again, his output last season, as the tight end eight in fantasy points per game when he had 85 targets, 53 receptions, six touchdowns, him going as tight end 13, us having him as tight end 17 because of yours truly, is a massive, massive drop-off. I'll tell you why, Hayden. I mean, we're I have him so low as you tight end 21. Low. I don't, I don't know if too low is, is, is the right verbiage, and I'll tell you why. I think no player in fantasy football right now needs a harder reset than Mike Gesicki. I mean, he truly was a slot wide receiver last year. 67% of his snaps were in the slot. An A dot of 11.6 yards, the fourth highest of all tight ends. What did the Dolphins do at number six overall? Drafted a slot wide receiver who's going to be their playmaker, as well as bringing Wolf Fuller, who's going to have an A dot around 11.6 yards. I just do not see how in a contract year, Mike Kosicki plays the exact same role. I think he's going to have to learn basically a new position here with a new OC and new play callers. They also added Hunter Long in the third round, who's the eventual replacement for, for Gesicki here. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm lower than the market. I think that I'm still willing to bet on his athleticism, and he does have the role that we are looking for. If Jalen Waddle missed time or if Jalen Waddle isn't ready as much as we think he is and that Mike Kosicki is still out there for a ton. So I think that he – is certainly a tight end two this year, and he was a tight end one last year. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to throw him down after some of these next names like you were, but I get the point. I think you are right with your with your general point here. 
Someone who might have an even more expanded role, Anthony Ferkser, our tight end 18 going right about there as well. Um, I mentioned this with Cal Pitts, but Anthony Ferkser last season in 71% of the snaps in the slot. We know that the Titans added Julio Jones. Maybe he and A.J. Brown can move around the formation a lot, but Hayden, there's no like true number three pass catcher on the team. And while Ryan Tannehill has made his living as being an efficient passer in the past, we could also see more volume here. I also don't, though, believe that like this is a one-for-one, like-for-like replacement with John o. Smith. I want to clarify that as well. Yeah, they're not even near the same. And that the, the thing in, in preseason games is I'm going to be looking for is Anthony Ferkser playing in 11 personnel? Because if he's not, it's just he's just not going to be able to be a tight end one. But if he is and he has adapted and he's not just a slot guy, he can be in, in line a little bit more than he was. Then I'm totally fine with Anthony Ferkser. I think that he actually has the upside that we're looking for. But last year, we got to take a step back. He was 43rd in routes per game. He only ran 14.5 routes, only 40th in routes run with only one tight end on the field. So last year, it was just 12 personnel in the slot. He has to be more than that to be fantasy relevant. So we'll see We'll see in uh, training camp. Evan Ingram drafted as tight end 16. We have him after as tight end 19. Love Evan Ingram, the talent. Can't wait to see who he plays for on his second contract. I think that's the best way to sum it up. I mean, he was eighth in routes run, but he did absolutely nothing with them. He was the second least efficient tight end in the NFL last year, only behind uh, Zach Ertz. And when you have Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, and Kyle Rudolph added to the offense, and you were still not even a, a tight end one last year, I just don't see how it's going to work this year. In drafts, everyone wants exposure to the Dallas Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, or Mari Cooper. Michael Gallup, not to mention Dak and Zeke. Blake Jarwin is the cheapest way to get there. Hayden, we have him as tight end 20, and he's being drafted as tight end 23. This is the guy that has like tight end one upside to me. Dalton Schultz last year was third in the NFL in routes uh, run per game at tight end. Before that, he tore his ACL. He was given a four-year, $22 million contract by the Cowboys. So the Cowboys clearly think that Blake Jarwin is good enough. And if Dalton Schultz is going to be running that many routes last year, I don't see why not. Uh, Blake Jarwin can do something similar to this. And I think that Blake Jarwin's a much better football player than Dalton Schultz would be. So uh, we'll have to watch hard knocks. We'll have to make sure that Blake Jarwin is running with the ones that his ACL and stuff is all there, but the formula is there. Good offense, running routes, good player committed financially. Like this is the guy to me that has like a chance to, to break out. So if you're too low, if I'm too low on Mike Kosicki, you're too low on Cole Komet. Okay. I have him as my 17th overall tight end. Between us, it's tight end 21. The Chicago Bears freaking love Cole Komet. This is a narrow tree of pass catchers on this team, Hayden. It's Allen Robinson, it's Darnell Mooney, and to me, it's it's Cole Komet. I mean, he's going to be out there on the field virtually every single snap. Why don't you love him? So I wanted to love him, but he was 42nd of 48 tight ends in percentage of his uh, passing plays that resulted in a route. The bears kept him in to block way too much for my liking last year. Jimmy Graham's not going anywhere. And like, as much as we like to like kind of make fun of Jimmy Graham, this late in his career, he's still kind of a baller in the red zone. And I think that that's not going to change. And Cole command was also 41st out of 48 tight ends and yards per route run and 42nd out of 48 tight ends and a dot. I'm worried that he's just an inline run to the flats, make a play. And in like the, 17th best offense in the NFL. Like I just don't see him overcoming that unless Jimmy Graham gets out of there and he has more red zone opportunities. Austin Hooper 
We think he's being drafted a little bit too late. He's our tight end 22. Uh, really down season last year after getting a bunch of money from the Cleveland Browns. But we know Kevin Stefanski loves using tight ends, loves his multiple tight end sets. And I think there's a little bit of a bounce back here, not up to like his breakout 2019 year, but maybe somewhere in between. He was a really tough one to rank, and I think that I'm going to end up being too low on him. I think just the entire fantasy industry is going to be too low on Austin Hooper. Yeah. He was 22nd in routes run, but it was a really weird season for the Browns passing. There's win games. Hooper, I think like he had like an appendix burst or something crazy like that in the middle of the season. And I think that the Browns this year and the second year of the system are probably going to pass the ball a little bit more. And we know at least Austin Hooper is good. So I think that there's a kid's a pretty good chance of maybe finishing as the tight end 15 you're drafting him as the tight end 22 why do you think people are drafting based on underdog adp rob Gronkowski as tight end 18 because we have him all the way down at, at tight end 23 i kind of feel like especially with oj howard returning that they might just be smart to save rob Gronkowski for crucial situations and for the playoffs he's just not going to play enough i think to pay off that tight end 18 price that's my worry, too. The one thing, though, is Gronk was actually really good last year. Really uh, good. And he feels so much better. He keeps saying yeah. over and over and over again. He was fourth in yards per route run among tight ends against man coverage. Iso ball, Gronk, still fourth, top four in yards per route run. That is absurd. He was actually the tight end 15 on tight end 16 fantasy usage. So we're ranking him lower than his production last year. This could end up coming back to bite us, but I'm with you. Save Gronk for the playoff runs. I think that the Bucks could be like two or three games ahead in the uh, NFC South, like pretty early in the season. And instead of letting Gronk run these constant seam routes, they say, all right, play 30 snaps per game. We'll, we'll see you uh, in the divisional round. All right, let's close it out. We mentioned that the Chargers lost Hunter Henry this offseason. You and I have ranked Jared Cook close to tight end 24. Haven't heard a lot about the elderly Jared Cook as of late in preseason camps. It kind of sounds like, hey, naturally, Donald Parham is getting a little bit more buzz in preseason activity. But I, I, I think for us, at least I can speak for myself, this ranking is mainly in a dead zone area for tight ends, number one. And number two, just trying to find a pass catcher that's associated to a good offense. And we think the Chargers offense is going to be really good. Next week, I'm going to training camp. I don't have to. I don't care if I have to miss a couple of shows. I'm going to a couple of Chargers training camps because I'm not getting enough information. Who's the RB two for the Chargers? We still haven't figured that out. I don't know how often Jared Cook is 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 out there. I don't know if Mike Williams is actually hurt or not. So I need to go to Chargers camp myself, find the research, and then I'll, I'll report back to you. But at least Hunter Henry was fourth in routes per uh, routes run last year in this offense. So there's at least a path to Jared Cook. It's just like thirty, what thirty four year old. So yeah. He deserves to be ranked this low, but I think that he'll have a couple of bigger weeks, I think. Is there one beat writer for the Chargers? Like a single one out there? Dan, I think Daniel Popper for The Athletic does a pretty good job out there, but day. we need more than one quality beat reporter. Uh, just a few comments from the chat. Nick, I've seen so much of Josh in the last 24 hours. I'm so thankful for it. appreciate you, bud. My voice is gone, if you cannot tell. David Dodds from Football Guys used to say, avoid the suck, avoiding guys on bad teams. That's where I'm at with the Lions and the Texans this year. Absolutely. All right. That's it for us. A record short podcast episode. You are flying. We are flying. Uh, Again, we'll be back here with a watch along on Saturday. So come join us. It'll be around 637 o'clock start. We'll be able to recap Justin Fields performance earlier in the day at one Eastern and then be live for Trey Lance seemingly playing a quarter and a half on Saturday. 
going to take your questions, going to watch some highlights, going to be monitoring the games as we go along. It's going to be a lot of fun, a fun experiment we'll have. And as always, check out the free draft guide down below. All right. For Hayden, I am Josh. Up the damn villa Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Talk to you all soon. See you.